The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another, all will be thrown down. They asked him, Jesus, when will this be and what will be the sign that, is about, that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famine and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be, be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So, make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Do any of you ever dream? Sometimes? Yes, I dream about God. Cool. Sometimes I do too. Sometimes that, but sometimes they don't make sense, and it's kind of everything in between. What kind of what kind of dreams do you have? Are they good dreams sometimes? Cool. Sometimes. Sometimes. How do you feel when they're good dreams? Yeah. Yeah. Feel good about it, right? What, uh, what happens when they're bad dreams? Yeah. Might wake you up in the middle of the night. Sometimes you get up in the middle of the night. What else? And I, and I will get scared. Yeah, they're scary. Even though they're not necessarily real, they're still scary. Oh, Anthony, yeah. you lost two teeth? <laughs> and, and they might give you a good scare. They're Halloween scary dreams. Okay. Sometimes they're based on something that's going on, but they're scary. 
What, uh, what do you do when you have a bad dream? I just wake up and tell mm -hmm. them. You tell, you tell your parents. Good. What else? Yeah. So sometimes you just have to go back to bed and go to sleep. Yeah. I like to tell your parents idea. I used to do that. And even today when I have a bad dream, sometimes I just have to tell somebody about it. And that's a good idea. Whenever you're scared, sometimes it's a dream. Can everybody look right here? Whenever you're scared, sometimes it's a dream and sometimes it's even in everyday life we can be scared. What, who can tell us what scared means? Yes. When you're upset, right? And, and you fear a little bit. Whether it's in a dream or whether it's real. God, what do you think God does? Yes. He helps. What else does God do? He tells you not to be scared. Tells you not to be scared? What else? Um. I just feel like... God is actually with you. God is with you. Now, I think that's a wonderful thing. Because when I'm scared, I hate to be alone. It's the worst. Whenever you're scared, whenever frightful things are happening in dreams or in reality, I want you to know that God is with you and that God loves you and God never leaves you. I believe in scary things, and God's still there. God is still there. Who reminds you of this? Yeah? My brother. Mom and dad? Who else? My brother. Siblings and friends? Who else? My brother. Does anybody hear? Sometimes angels. Everybody in this room is supposed to remind you that God loves you. That's why we come to church. Because even though I know you guys already know the right Sunday school answers, we need to hear them over and over again. It's easy to become scared to the point where we start forgetting these things. And so when you come to church, when you come to church, I want you to listen for what God does. God loves you, and God is with you, no matter what. Okay? Is it your birthday, Anthony? Birthday party. Oh, birthday party. Very cool. Well, I hope it goes well. It's going to be fun. Shall we say a prayer? Mm-hmm. Now let's pray. God, we give you thanks. Thank you very much for loving us and for taking care of us, and for being with us, even when we're scared, especially when we're scared. We ask that when we come to church, we might hear about your love, and always hear about it. We ask that when we go out, we might remember your love for us, and feel you near, and that we share this love with one another. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Very good.
In the name of Jesus, amen. This is a fun set of texts today, isn't it? These texts come to us on our last Green Sunday. For those of you who don't know what I mean by the last Green Sunday, since uh, after the seventh Sunday of Easter, we've been primarily green. Our pyramids have been green. My stole has been green. Now we've had a few Sundays where those have been off. When we celebrated Reformation Sunday a couple weeks ago, we had red all over the place. And when we celebrated All Saints Sunday last week, we were white. Green is what we call ordinary time. Now it's not because it's plain, but rather it's because we count the number of days, ordinal. We count in order the first, second, third, fourth. We count the number of days since Pentecost. I don't know why we count. I've always wondered that. I don't know why it's not just ordinary time plain, but we count. We count the number of days since Pentecost, since the Holy Spirit came among us. This is our last Green Sunday. Next week will be Christ the King Sunday, and then believe it or not, after that we begin the Sundays of Advent. So we'll be white, and then we will be blue for four weeks. And I don't even want to mention yet. We'll come after that. It's a little too early. Christmas. This is our last Green Sunday. And our pericope for this last Green Sunday is challenging. It's one that makes us uneasy. It's one that makes us restless. And it's one that strikes us in a certain way. Especially in the context that we're in today. I want you to think right now about how you felt this past Wednesday. We had an election. This is our context. How did you feel this past Wednesday? Now this is for in your heads. I'm not trying to create an argument in the middle of the church service. <laughs> There'll be other days for that, I'm sure. But in your heads, think. How did you feel this past Wednesday? What were your emotions? What were your thoughts? If I go by percentages, some of us were hopeful, if not happy. If I go by percentages, some of us were disappointed or scared. If I go by percentages, many of us were surprised. How did you feel this past Wednesday, but also how did you feel in the weeks and months that preceded it? How did you feel when you saw commercials and you heard reporting? How did you feel about the nation? How did you feel about your area? How did you feel about your community? How did you feel about your homes? How did you feel personally? Think about that. Take stock. This past week, I was in what's called a First Call Theological Education Retreat. Now, it's a really long name for a time of continuing education that every First Call pastor has to go on. And so, when I, in my first three years of ministry, attended this retreat, I attended it with all the other Region 8 First Call pastors. That's, 
how many synods? I think seven or eight synods are represented in Region 8. And we all got together as first call pastors, pastors who are in the first three years of experience, for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this last week. All the bishops were there too. Seven or eight bishops were there. And so, for Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, I heard seven or eight bishops preaching. If that's not your idea of a fun time, I don't know what is. <laughs> I joke. They're very good preachers. I heard seven or eight bishops preaching, and there was a variety of different reactions to Wednesday. Good, thoughtful, theological reactions. There was calls to come back to a point of civility, to come back to a point of recognizing each other's humanity. There were calls both to stand still before God and remember that God is indeed God. And there were calls to be active in the midst of our communities, in the midst of our countries. There were calls to reflect and there were calls to move forward. There were calls of every type and kind. But in the text that we have today, I believe that we're both challenged and promised something good. The text for today is one that, if you're like me, can scare us. There's talks about wars and insurrection. There's talks about tearing down of the temple. There's talks about portents and famine and plagues. But before all this happens, the disciples of Christ, of which you and I are listed, they're persecuted. They're chased after in the name of Jesus. Things don't go well. If, and this is the most honest thing I think we can say about a life of discipleship. When we do live lives as disciples, we will inevitably fall into contradictory places with those in positions of power. Because faith, if I'm honest with you, and discipleship, if I'm honest with you, does threaten power. It doesn't let you collect power, does it? It doesn't let you hold power very well. If you're to be on behalf of your neighbor, if you're to be on behalf of the alien and orphan and widow, if you're to be on behalf of people outside of yourself, then those who are in power feel that power destabilize. No matter who you voted for, no matter what your reaction was this past Wednesday, when you read a text like this, it feels scary. Because a text like this honestly tells you that if you live like Christ, you will be treated like Christ. When Christ did all these wonderful things, that we like to emulate our lives about. When Christ was with the hungry and fed them, when Christ was with the poor and sat with them, when Christ healed the sick, when Christ preached good news, when Christ gave grace where there was none, when Christ was merciful in the midst of judgment, that led him not to be revered, but to a cross. 
That led him not to a good place, but to death. When we live like Christ, we are led towards a cross. I don't know what to tell you to do. I don't know what to tell you. I don't feel the need to tell you how to feel. We will all have different feelings about what happened over the course of these past few weeks and months. But I can tell you that we are disciples. And our calling to discipleship has not changed. Last Monday, you were disciples. Today, you are disciples. Last Monday, you were called to be good neighbors, to treat your neighbors well, to be on behalf of them in their hour of need. Today, you are called to treat your neighbors well and be on behalf of, behalf of them in their hour of need. If you've been doing that, great. If not, let's change some things. Last Monday, you were called into stewardship of all you have. Today, you were called into stewardship of all you have. Last Monday, you were asked to be faithful people to the orphan, the widow, the alien, to strangers and to family. And today, you were called to do the same. There is no person in governance that will trump this calling. I did not mean to use that phrase. <laughs> That'll work. There is no person in governance that will overcome this calling. Golly. But there's not. No matter who would have won last Tuesday, it doesn't matter. You are called to be disciples. No matter who does what in the next four years of governance, you were called to be disciples. I don't care if there are laws written that makes this harder or easier. You are called to be disciples either way. You are called to live in accordance with the actions of God. You are called to be like Christ. And at times, that will be easy. And at times, I promise you, that will be the most difficult thing you do in life. It will lead you towards a cross. But you are called. First and foremost... You are disciples. You are claimed and chosen sons and daughters of God. Afterwards, you are anything else. But first and foremost, you are claimed and called sons and daughters of God. You are called. And whatever happens in the days and weeks ahead, that has not changed. Now, this text it happens right before Luke 22, which is where the plot to kill Jesus starts to take place. It's where Jesus and the disciples begin planning for the Passover. It's where Judas starts going towards his betrayal. It's where everything starts coming un unwound. In a similar way, the disciples, upon hearing this, were standing on the precipice of when things would be different. 
But in that, they are called. In a different gospel, in John, Jesus says these words in this moment. In the 14th chapter, peace. Peace I give to you, peace I leave with you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. God be with you in your calling as disciples that will far outlast any governance in this world. God be with you in what you're feeling in the days and weeks ahead, each in its difference. And at the end of it all, peace. God be with you. Amen.